Welcome to Super Talk, the podcast that scratches your superhero itch. Just two suburban dads nerding out over superhero stuff on the small screen and the big. Buckle up, people. Enjoy the ride. Welcome to Super Talk, the weekly podcast dedicated to news and reviews of comic book media on the big and small screen. This is episode 120. I'm your host, Brian Professor Pettis, and with me as always, my illustrious co-host, Titanium, the Titanium One, Tony Estrella, Titanium. Professor, this is a hit and run. We're going to get in, get out. This is going to be a quickie. We're going to review a couple of things before uh, a really big episode we have coming down the pike here. We got a big special guest, and then we got uh, our Blue Beetle review. So we're going to get yeah, into Blue week Beetle next week. But uh, you know, there, there's a you know we had um, had a little bit of a, a delay in our episode this past week. You know, you know, hey man, we've got logistics and summer stuff going on, and it just just was Vacations, hard to work out. Yeah, moving and, kids into college. Oh, uh, it's it's tough. But there's been a lot of news that hit the wire uh, amidst the all the strikes that have delayed everything and and, and all that other stuff, but. There's a lot of news out there that we got to talk about this week, and we do want to prep you for our big show next week. Big show. Yeah, so we'll get into it. Uh, first, we always like to thank the listeners that bring the show. It's a, it's a website called Patreon. Patreon.com slash Supertalk is how you become a patron of the show. You donate a dollar every time we come on an episode. It helps support us directly. Uh, really helpful for us to kind of help supplement what we do for you guys. So if you want to join, Patreon.com slash Supertalk would be a great way to do that. Uh, we've got a huge announcement for our show next week. Uh, Titanium, you know, kind of went into his uh, super secret, uh, you know, get into my connections mode and, and secured a pretty big guest for us next week. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Brandon Davis from um, uh, comicbook.com. Uh, I've been following him for for quite some time. Uh, he is He's a mega interviewer. He interviews all the mega stars. Um, and he's a super great guy. And his super show, nice guy. Phase Zero, right? Is his big interview his, show on comicbook.com? His, his podcast, uh, Phase Zero. Uh, also his X, I guess it's X feed. You know, X, I can't stand, I'm going to still call it Twitter. Can yeah. I still say Twitter? Yeah, yeah right, yeah. I, I just can't stand X. Um, but yeah, he, he posts a lot of videos um, and he... He interviews all the big ones. I mean, he's interviewed James Gunn. Um, you name it, he's he sat down with them. The cast of Guardians Volume Three. Um, so we are absolutely blessed to have him on the show. Um, I reached out to him on social media, and he had said something about, "Hey, I'm looking to be on some podcasts." And I was like, "Please, you know, please join us. We'd love to have you." And he uh, DM'd me. Uh, very graciously and said, yeah, let's let's do this. So uh, next weekend we will be uh, connecting with him. Uh, we'll do a via Zoom. And um, I got some questions for him for sure. Um, and and, and it, it's, it's great timing because uh, we're going to be doing our Blue Beetle yeah. uh, movie review next week as well. So we can get... Uh, uh, his take, Brandon's take on 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 the the Blue Beetle movie, what he thought of it. I'm sure he probably got a, a an early screening of it. Uh, we'll Not get just it. an early screening, but he interviewed everybody on the show. The uh, everything you, from the director and from the actors. So and, before and they, the strike, before the strike, yeah. yeah. So I'm sure he's seen it, and we'll get his take on it, where where he feels it fits, and kind of what James Gunn's picture of the new DCU. Um, and kind of the, the big picture of, of the Blue Beetle character. And so we'd love to get his take on that. But it'd be, it'd be perfect. It's, it's, you know, super talk, giving you our feelings and, and uh, 
everything on the Blue Beetle movie. Uh, and then Brandon's going to be here. We'll have some Q&A with him and be able to kind of pick his brain on a bunch of stuff that's going on as well. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, let's get into no reviews this week. Uh, we'll be saving that for next week for Blue Beetle. But again, as I mentioned, there's a ton of uh, news that has kind of come out. Some uh, rumors, some announcements. So let's get into it. Uh, we got the last week. We got the first trailer for I Am Groot season two. Uh, this was a series came out on Disney Plus last year. Animated series. Animated series. A bunch of shorts. They're like maybe five to ten minutes long each of them, and there I think there were five or six of them last year. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna get the same number again this year. Um, that is coming September sixth. So they did a big announcement. They're dropping all of the season two episodes on September sixth. And again, this is the version of Groot. That was between Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 and Volume 3. So he's not quite the teenager we saw in uh, Infinity War and Endgame. He's not the more adult Groot that we saw in uh, Volume 3. Volume three right. But he's kind of in between that like miniature and adolescent version of Groot. Uh, going through some adventures. And boy, the trailer dropped a bunch of Easter eggs and hints to some other things that we've been waiting to he- see and hear in the MCU for a long time. Um Playing with a, a Nova doll, which is it was a was a really cool thing in, in the in the trailer. Yeah. So you know this again. I think it's just a good diversion for us. Um, something that we can talk about uh, in in early September. But you know that the the trailer was really cool, and I'm I'm looking forward to kind of just seeing. I mean, they do a good job with them. So the, the animation's yeah. really good and everything else. Yeah, so. it was a cute show last time and, and brought it back. It wasn't anything mind blowing, but it was great to see, and um, I thought it was really well done and cute. All right, well, our next news item seems to be a frequent news item, um, and that's more casting rumors for Fantastic Four. Speculation, speculation. Which we'll continue to have until they make any official announcements. Um, again, we the the latest news that we've, we've talked about a couple weeks ago was, you know, Vanessa Kirby looks like has accepted the role as Sue Storm, and uh, good news, it sounded like Marvel really wanted to cast that role first and build the rest of the cast around the role of Sue Storm. Yeah. Which is great. Sue Storm being the focus of the script. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So Vanessa Kirby taking on that role, I think she's a great choice. I think... Smoke show. Um, yeah. I, I think she'll play the role very well. Uh, we've talked about how Adam Driver had been in talks with Marvel. Um, news was that that he was no longer in the running for the role. Again, the Marvel side of the story was that he was demanding too much money. His side of the story was he really couldn't connect with the character, and that had to do with the script. There's now even more rumors that they're rewriting the script a little bit more to kind of make it more serious role that Adam Driver can kind of get into. Still rumors that he still might be in the running for the role, but again, nothing really favoring him as at this point in time. The Great n- actor. Would love to see him do it, but... Yeah. But you got to have somebody who wants the role. Sure. I mean, if, yeah. if he's saying I can't connect with the character, then, you know, he's going to half-ass it, right? You yeah, know, you don't exactly. want that. Uh, the new person who's now in talks with Marvel and supposed, supposedly the favored for the role is Matt Smith. So you and I and most people know Matt Smith from uh, Game of Thrones, House of Dra- House of the Dragon. Yep. Um, played, uh, which Targaryen did he play? I can't remember the name of the Targaryen he played in that, but... Um, Doctor Who. No, he's the the, the brother. He was in Doctor Who. Yeah, he's he's was the brother to the king who kind of marry ends up marrying his his uh, niece. You know, funny funny story. But Matt Smith, great actor. Um, Played Milo and Morbius. Yes, he did. The uh, villain. I I think he would. Um, 
would do very well with that that role. So, I, you know, if he's the guy who ends up taking it, I think he, he could really, you know, he did a great job in the Game of Thrones series. So I, I think he'd do really well there, too. So Great actor, yeah. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens again. A lot of this is just rumor and, and talk in the industry. Um, and until we get an official announcement from Marvel, we'll continue to uh, cover these rumors. So, yeah. um, again, some more uh, insight on the Fantastic Four movie. Uh, we're getting some details from behind the scenes about the script and about the plot of the movie. Uh, big, um, we I think we covered this a few weeks ago that it looked like Antonio Banderas was joining the cast as the voice of Galactus, which is huge. Um, Galactus, Allegedly, yeah, yeah, Galactus being the main villain of this movie, and hopefully they're doing it right this time yeah. versus when they did the Rise of the Silver Surfer ver- Surfer version of Galactus in the in the first iteration, the Fox iteration of Fantastic Four. When it was like a cloud that just engulfed the Earth, it was kind of weird. Maybe they're actually going to do a real kind of humanoid-looking huge character. Um, and potentially that Antonio Banderas is going to be voicing that character. But the other news that came out was that uh, he will have a herald. And it's not going to be uh, Norrin Rad, the Silver Surfer. It's going to be Terax. And that uh, Terax would be played by Eben Moss Bachrock. Um and that would be just great to have Terex as a character and as a Herald and just have the Fantastic Four fighting against not only the Herald, but Galactus itself. I mean, I think it would be awesome. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Um, give the audience a little background on Terex. So Terex is one of the Herald, many Heralds that Galactus has had over the years. He has very um, kind of, you know, stone earth based powers can kind of control, uh, you know, earth or or you know stone and kind of move it at his will has kind of a very very similar powers to Terra from um the uh, young justice yeah. slash uh um uh, you know that type of a person that can kind of control rocks and and stone and earth, earth and move 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 kind of masses of earth with with his mind um like an airbender yeah kind yeah. of like a yeah like a, a stone bend or, yeah. or earthbender earth yeah bender. exactly very similar to that but uh yeah one of the many heralds that galaxis had over over time um I think they would be using this character just to kind of leave room for the potential of bringing the Silver Surfer on in some future capacity. Obviously, Silver Surfer, huge character in Marvel. Huge. Huge character in Marvel Comics history. Uh, somebody you want to reserve. And we've we've heard rumors of them maybe setting up a Disney Plus uh, either special presentation or limited series to talk about the Silver Surfer, uh, which would be great as well, but... Uh, bringing Terex in, I thought I think they did awesome. that. I thought they did the Silver Surfer right in that Fantastic Four movie. I, I did. I thought they did a good job. Uh, yeah, with I thought yeah. they did great. I, and he looked amazing, and I, I thought it was well done. Yeah. Yeah, do you remember who did the voice of the Silver Surfer in that movie? No. Uh, I'll give you a hint. Um, Morbius in the uh, Matrix movies. Lawrence Fishburne? Yeah. Really? He was the voice of, wow. of the Silver Surfer. I would not have pulled that yeah. off without that hint. Yeah. So he's the voice. He didn't obviously play physically play the character, but he was the voice of the character. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Really, really cool. Really yeah. cool deep cut for, yeah, absolutely. for, for the Thanks, Fox professor. universe. Always in education when you're hanging with the professor. <laughs> yeah, right. But uh, uh, again, I think Terex is a great choice. Um, really cool. I, and again... This movie's got to be a home run for Marvel. Got to be a home run on the casting side. Got to be a home run on the script side. It's got to be a home run all across the board. They've got big plans for the Fantastic Four for many, many years to come. Um, going to be a big fixture in the Marvel Universe going forward, and, and they've got a lot invested in this, so they got to get it right. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, another big rumor came out. <laughs> this is, I tell you what, 
Deadpool 3 is turning out to be one of the biggest gifts that we in this industry of covering, you know, comic book based media are ever going to be given. Not only are so many of these rumors that we're hearing and they're rumors, there uh, many of them are rumors, but they're all plausible. Yeah. And most of them we kind of some of them we already know are true. Most of them we can believe would be true. Some of them a little bit far-fetched. Uh, but we did hear that um, very highly likely that the main villain of the Deadpool 3 movie is going to be a character, Cassandra Nova, uh, being played by Emma Corrin. And Cassandra Nova is a massive deep cut from the X-Men comic books. Sure. Massive deep cut. Um, is she the daughter or related to Professor she is, Xavier? She is the twin sister of Professor Xavier. Wow. And I'm, I tell you, so, and that's why I'm saying like massive deep cut. Because um, the, the history behind this character was that Professor Xavier had a twin sister in the womb. And the two of them were obviously mutants. Um, and Professor Xavier, like the sister, his sister, Cassandra Nova, was inherently evil. Kind of like the antithesis of him as a human being. Like mm -hmm. So kind of the evil version of Professor X. Right, right? right Like right. take everything that he is and take the opposite of it. And that's what Cassandra Dover was. And they were both mutants. And he was so powerful of a mutant in the womb that he killed her in the womb. And during the, the, the birth, um, she was born dead and he obviously survived and lived and grew, grew up to be professor X. Well, <laughs> the story behind this is that they discarded Cassandra Nova's body. Um, and it, it was so powerful that it, it basically continued to uh, it was still alive and it grew in this mass of a, of a living being in the sewers and then ultimately ended up taking human form years later. I mean, it is just one of the craziest stories to ever come about wow. in uh, in in the X-Men series. Uh, I'll have to pull up some some of the old comics that had that in it. Uh, but she ended up being and ha continue, has continued to be for, for some time a big, massive, big bad for the X-Men team. Um, obviously uh, portrayed herself as kind of, you know, Professor X reborn as a female and then fooled the X-Men into trusting her and then ended up, you know, showing her true colors and all kinds of others. I mean, it and this is just so awesome for this movie. If this is the case um, that they're doing this, that Cassandra Nova is is the, the villain of this movie, because it just makes Folks, so what much you're sense. seeing now is what's called nerd giddy. <laughs> you're, you're actually witnessing the professor and his nerd giddiness. Yeah. He's excited and and rightfully so. All comic book fans. Well, this are going to be absolutely apeshit over this. Yeah, movie. this was during uh, Grant Morrison's run of writing the X-Men, the new X-Men, that, that series of comic books called the new X-Men. Um, and Grant Morrison wrote that for many years. And this was part of his, he created the Kit Sander Nova character yes. and this whole idea. So great run on the comics, but I mean, to pull this out of there and bring it into this movie is just awesome. And this is totally down Ryan Reynolds alley of just, you know, making fun of it, you yeah. know, and it's like, I mean, it's, it's going to be awesome. Um, more stuff coming out of uh, Deadpool three, even more casting rumors of people that are going to be in this movie and cameos. And again, Rumors. So that's all they are at yeah. this point in time. Allegedly. Nothing confirmed. Yeah. Confirmed. But uh, we do think that Daphne Keene is coming back as X-23. Again, we saw X-23 in the Logan movie. 
She did a phenomenal job playing that yeah. character in that movie. Really connected with the Logan character. She's grown and, up, though. I've seen recent pictures of her. Yeah. She's got to be, what, 15, 16 now, probably? She's, she's older, yeah. yeah. Uh, but bringing her back as the X-23 character, awesome. I mean, I thought she was awesome in that movie um, and really kind of brought a lot of uh, human connection for, for Logan in that yeah. movie. I mean, the reason why he really kind of did what he did in that movie was because of her. And she was a genetic clone of him. It was right. like all this craziness. Uh, but she was also bringing her back would be a home run, I think. And I, I hope that that one's true. Um, this next one, I, I cannot believe uh, rumors that Taylor Swift would come and be a cameo in some aspect as, Dazzler. as Dazzler. Now knowing who Taylor Swift is and how she looks and what character she could portray and Dazzler makes a million sense yeah. in the, I mean, I'm sure this is a lot of this may be fan casting or fan theorizing who knows. I mean, it makes all the sense in the world. Um, I know that her and Ryan Reynolds are uh, really close. She's very good friends with, with him and his wife and you know, they're, they're good buddies and he's always wanted to find a place to put her in a project. So it, for her to be even even a short cameo would be awesome, awesome yeah. and and it would make a lot of sense as this character. Um, I think you know bringing you know characters like Dazzler and Longshot into the MCU at some point in time would be enormous. That would be awesome. I want to see it done. If she is in the movie, they should announce it, uh, and they should release uh, her costume or character, and they should announce it, and you will see a Barbie type of of uh, um, viral. Of fan fans coming to the movie just dressed her. as her yeah. dressed as her too uh i i think it's brilliant it's brilliant marketing and it's a great great thing to do for the movie yeah you know? and and this this last one um again maybe somewhat far-fetched but we, we we talked about this months ago when we were talking about who would play the next version of wolverine in the mcu i think would be great when they recast the role uh taron egerton uh, great actor, been in a million things, um, and he has openly campaigned for this role. He has met with Kevin Feige. He's, you know, done everything and anything he can to kind of, you know, put himself in front of, hey, I'd like to be the next Wolverine. Now there's rumors that he may be showing up in Deadpool 3 as a version of Wolverine, as one of these multiverse versions of Wolverine. Um, again, total rumor, but... If there is no future for him in the MCU, very similar to, you know, I guess the John Krasinski side of things, like there was no future for John Krasinski as Mr. Fantastic, theoretically. And they were like, hey, let's pay off the fan service and, you know, right. make him Mr. Fantastic and Doctor Strange. Well, if there's like no future for Taron Egerton in as Wolverine in the MCU, well, let's just put him in this movie. Why not? You know, right. and, and roll it up this time. Yeah. Um, and could play an alternate version of a multiverse version of, of Wolverine. That would be awesome. So again, this is the gift that keeps on giving and we'll continue there. I'm sure there's going to be plenty more of these. And even the, the scoopsters that are claiming that they've heard these rumors or whatever are also saying, look, I don't know if there's any truth to any of this stuff, but man, wouldn't it be cool? And, yeah. and we're all saying the same thing. Of course. Um, I, I think of all of the cameo rumors we've heard, I bet you more than half of them are true. And, you know, some of these insiders have connections. Yeah. Yeah. So that'd be great. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see. And, and again, uh, hopefully this movie is not delayed too much. Ugh. Uh, you know, look, the um, the writer strike and the uh, actor strike continues to uh, to to go on. 
Uh, I believe the last thing I heard about the strikes was that the writers had gotten back to the negotiation table with the the studios. The studio today, yeah, they were supposed to meet and start talks uh, up again. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I look, n- nobody wants to be out of work, you know, too long. Um, and I think that they, you know, they leverage as much as they can for as long as they can, and they're like, okay, now we gotta kind of get get to an agreement. But hopefully, this ends quickly. Again, big rumors that all these projects, Deadpool being one of them, were put on hold when the actor strike um, started, and um, they're going to be on hold. And hopefully, it's not too long. I think they, that Deadpool said that they could be out of, they could be off set for three months without any, without missing their date. But if it's three months or more, then they're going to miss their date. We're right at that. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're close. We're close. So hopefully, this this ends quickly, and we'll see. Yeah. Uh, speaking of strikes. Uh, the Marvel VFX group uh, agreed. The employees of the the virtual uh, virtual effects teams that work for Marvel agreed to unionize. Well, they're voting uh, on it, right? Yeah, yeah, they voted to unionize, yeah. right? And uh, the, I guess the working conditions are so bad for these people. They're they're being you know overworked and underpaid and and undervalued and understaffed. Um, and now they're voting to unionize. Uh, boy, this is just another. You know, red flag for this entire industry, not just Marvel, but uh, you know these VFX, you know, studios are now obviously so involved in these new movies and so important to the success of these movies. And we've seen great uses of VFX, um, as well as some bad ones like the Flash movie and and uh, um, the Ant Man and the Wasp Quantumania. I mean, some really bad VFX, and we've seen how it can make or break a movie. you know, I think you you mentioned you you watched a little bit of the Black Adam movie here recently, and the VFX in that movie were fantastic. Oh yeah, you know, so yeah. um, they can't they can do very well for a movie when they're done right. Yeah, right. Um, another big uh, news coming out uh, of Disney Plus. So X Men '97 is uh, um, a series that I've been really looking forward to. They announced this a couple of years ago at Comic Con. Um, they're the cartoon that was on uh fox television uh x-men the animated series went for many years ended in 1996 and the theory was well we're just going to start that series up from where it left off and call it x-men 97 as if we were going into the next season which is just fantastic they were gonna wherever they left off in 1996 they were gonna you know kind of move forward with the the as it was gonna be the next season using Better animation, similar animation style, but, you know, modern technology, obviously 4K, you know, uh, resolution, all those other things that we have today, but using all the same voice actors and actresses, uh, really, really looking forward to the renewal of this this series. We just had heard nothing about it. Now the rumors are that we may be getting this series on Disney Plus as early as January of 2024, that this wow. may be hitting Disney Plus in January. Yeah, that'd be great. And... uh the voice actors, a couple of the voice actors just came out. One of the voice, the voice actors that voices the rogue character came out um, on social media and, and said that she was back in the studio to start season two, uh, which is just awesome. So they're yeah. already moving forward with season two of X-Men 97. So well, no one's in the studio right now. They're all on strike. Well, I don't know why she said this then, yeah. because she's like, you know, getting ready to start up again. So yeah. um Anyway, maybe when, maybe when the strike is done, she's back on. Yeah, yeah, it's possible. But uh, I'm really looking forward to the series. Uh, yeah, me too. I, I think um, you know they did such. It was such a great, well done uh, animated series. It covered off on so many of the great storylines from the X Men comics, including 
you know, the, the mutant massacre and, you know, Mr. Sinister and just, they covered and cable story and dark Phoenix. They did everything. It was awesome. It's so well done. Uh, a lot of Sentinels in there, which, and, and, and we're supposedly going to get be getting that next season with Sentinels and the master mold and everything else and Bolivar Trask and all these other things. So I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be great. Um, all right, well, let's jump into our topic of the week this week. Brought to us by our friends over at Studio GG Studios. Don't want to forget G. Studio G. How's the road trip going for for it's Goat? Going good. By the he's way. he's been um, uh, the Goat has been posting things on Facebook right now. So as it's happening, he's posting it on Facebook. You know, he's still working on the road. So he's uh, he's videotaping. I can imagine he's going to put an all encompassing. Uh, you know, vlog. He'll do like an end-to-end vlog. At yeah, when he's end done. and he'll put a whole show together about the whole entire trip. Uh, they went on a hot air balloon ride in Colorado today. Oh my god! So they stayed at an RV place in the Ozarks, um, and it looked spectacular. It, was, it looked absolutely amazing. But they're in Colorado now, um, and I think this weekend they're heading to Vegas, where. They have a sales conference. Both of them work for kind of the same company. So they have a big sales conference in Vegas, and that's where they're headed. And then after that, they're going to head south uh, uh, and head over to California. Nice. Um, and and do uh, do a little RVing over there. But, yeah, nice. it looks amazing. It looks absolutely amazing. All right, well, go check out Studio G's channel. I'm sure there will be links to uh, Goat's Facebook page on his channel, so go check that out and, and support him on his road trip. Uh, and thanks, Studio G, for what you do for our show. We really appreciate it. Um, so our topic of the week this week is something that you and I have kind of alluded to and we want to talk about on our show this week, and that's what would Super Talk do to fix the MCU? Um, I think through end you know avengers endgame we were not only very happy with what we got from the mcu but it was incredibly successful not only commercially um, all those movies many of the most of those movies did very well in in the box office some misses along the way but most of them were very well uh received by not only the fandom but but you know the audiences um but ever since kind of endgame when we've gotten into the phase four and phase five of things there's been some lackluster projects, some movies that kind of were misses that did not do well in the box office. There were some misses on Disney Plus. And so the real question is, what would we as a podcast, you know, and and by the way, our consulting fees are reasonable if if, if, if Marvel's <laughs> uh, interested. What would we what would we do if to repair? They called, if they called us into the room and into a meeting of how do we write this ship for Marvel? Guys, we'd like you to sit in on this think tank for a week. All expenses paid, of course. Steak dinners at night. Um, a think tank of Marvel and what to do. These are a couple of ideas we would throw what, out in that think what tank. What would you guys... Hey, we think we've lost our way. We think that we, we need to write the ship. As fans of you know, Marvel and the Marvel Cinematic Universe, what I consider would you us do? mega fans. Yeah. Mega what would fans. you do to repair things? And I want to get over the idea that there's this superhero movie fatigue, right? And I think you and I've covered this before. I don't think the industry is so saturated that there's no appetite for this because I think guardians of the galaxy three is a great example. You make good movies with good characters, good writing, good actors. People will go see it. People will pay money to see these things. It's not that it's a superhero movie and they're done with them. They're tired of them. I don't think there is fatigue. 
I think there's fatigue over bad writing. I think there's fatigue over bad VFX. I think there's fatigue over over bad stories, bad villains. You know, people that yeah. people don't have any vested interest in. Right. Um, so, what would we do to fix it? Um, I've I've written a few ideas down here, and, and I'd love to get your take on a lot of things too, Titanium. But um, I think the cornerstone, and this is what something that we've gotten away from here in the last couple of years. The cornerstone of anything and everything they do needs to be the team-based movies. And that's, you know, the Avengers, the Fantastic Four, and the X-Men. Take those three major teams of individuals and focus your energy and most of the major motion pictures you're doing around those teams. Mm -hmm. And I think we have not had a major team-based movie since Endgame. Right. So think about that. Every movie that's come out for Marvel since Avengers Endgame has been an individual character's movie with some people. Guardians maybe could be considered a team. Guardians of the Potentially. Galaxy. Potentially, yeah. And that would be the only exception, right? Yeah. Would be Guardians of the Galaxy Volume mm-hmm. 3. Um, even though the Guardians were in Thor Love and Thunder, I wouldn't call it a team-based movie, right? No. There was just kind of like a, you know, and even America Chavez and and Scarlet Witch was in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. I wouldn't call it a team-based movie. No. It was very much an individual movie. Um, but I think the teams need to be the cornerstones. And look, when the MCU first started, you had to build these individual characters and, bring, and, and build them up to the team-based movie. So we had Iron Man 1. We had the Incredible Hulk. We had Iron Man 2, we had Thor, we had Captain America First Avenger, and then we had the Avengers movie. Mm-hmm. I get that ramp up. Establish these characters. Bring Let the audiences not only who these characters are, but the actors who are playing them. Mm-hmm. And the villains that drove them during those movies. I get it. And then we had the Avengers, which was fantastic. And Loki is the central villain of that movie, and, and, and Thanos kind of the alternate villain of that great fantastic. Well, in the second phase... We had some individual movies sprinkled in along the way, but then we had Age of Ultron, and then we had Civil War, mm-hmm. and then we had Infinity War, and then we had Endgame. But they were all building up towards that crescendo. Mm-hmm. I think we've lost that. We've lost our way there. And I think we're now having these individual movies without any global or galactic you know, conflicts or any tie-ins to what's going on. And I think they're trying to make Kang the big bad, but it's really not compelling enough you know, right, right. now. Correct. Um, but I think anything and everything they do around the major cinematic uh, products that they're bringing out in the movies need to be these team-based movies. And it does a couple of things. It allows more than one actor or actress to carry the load of a movie. And that was one of the great things about these movies, like the Avengers movies we had, was that you weren't dependent on one actor to carry the entire movie. You could depend on multiple actors and the other actors around them to carry that movie. Even in Civil War, you had Tony's side and you had Cap's side, but they had their kind of group of people along with them, right? And it was great. But you could do Avengers. You could do Avengers West Coast. You could do, um, we, we, we talked about Midnight Suns. You could do Fantastic Four. You could do, I think these team-based movies are what you need to focus your major motion picture energy around. Mm-hmm. Any other motion picture that ends up being in the cinema, if it's going to be a singular character starring in that movie, two things have to happen. That character and the actor playing that character need to have justified that they should, they deserve their own movie and they can carry their own movie. Yeah. First point. Second point is you never put them in a movie by themselves. 
you always bring along another character or another, you know, member of their team or, you know, friend of theirs to kind of be that supporting role. Um, you know, we good example of this would be like Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We had that series on Disney+. Plus. If it was just Falcon, wouldn't be very good. But the fact that when Bucky was there and Winter Soldier was part of it made it better. And the two of them together made a better, you know, product. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. So I think you need to have somebody come along and carry that other main character in that movie as kind of a supporting character. Again, not saying that Batman always needs Robin. But Batman and Robin done right is really good. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so I think that, that that should be another thing. I uh, think I think you're right. I, I think, you know, did they capture lightning in the bottle and is it over? I don't think so. But I've said this a hundred times and, and stay with me here for a minute. I've said this a hundred times. When you force these ancillary characters down the consumer's throat that are great comic book characters for that comic book audience. You're appealing to that comic book audience, geeks and freaks like me and you that love comic books and love that. When you when you bring in these characters, you eliminate the rest of the novice and the ancillary fan base that really doesn't understand or wasn't really reading the comics kind of know who they are but aren't really interested in them like we are so you're limiting that fan base to very slim people like moon knight like like miss marvel like photon like captain marvel like um all these characters that aren't really huge production characters that can that can carry a motion picture like you said by themselves so i think team team based is correct now what they're trying to do is they're trying to create their own team by introducing all these characters and then hopefully put them together all at once at some point in time that i don't think will work because it doesn't follow the history and the stories and the popularity of the comics that are proven when you get away from the comics, like Miss Marvel's power set, when you get away from the comics that you know was popular, that did very well in several runs, and you get away from that, and you try to create this new thing for the cinematic universe, I think it loses its luster. And I think that's one of the things I would say to them. It's like, get back to the roots of comics. Now, if you want to bring in the Moon Knights and you want to... Have it move towards something. Werewolf by Night, Moon Knight, Blade. Have it move to Midnight Suns. Create that allure of, hey, they're going to gang up at some point and there's going to be a big fucking movie called Midnight Suns that's going to be ridiculous. It's going to be the occult. It's going to be, you know, satanic. It's going to be Moon Knight and and the Blade and werewolves and vampires and and it's going to be crazy. You know, do that. Build that up again. But don't just take these... The Miss the Marvels. Here's here's a great example. The Marvels is is that a team? Was that ever a team in the comics? Never. That's what I'm saying. So don't force these teams on us that don't haven't been proven in the but comics. That, that's a great example. Like I enjoyed the Captain Marvel character in in Endgame. She was great and played a great role in that movie. Yeah, but the fact that she got her ass kicked by Thanos and she's supposed <laughs> to be the most powerful. Uh, a character in the MCU was a little disturbing to me. Right. And kind of like the way the Hulk has been pussified. Right. But I think that 
you can bring these characters in on these team-based movies. If you want to introduce us to Ms. Marvel, if you want to introduce us to Captain Marvel, if you want to introduce us to these other characters, do it. And I think that that's what they need to do. I understand that team-building concept early on. Introduce these characters in their own movie and then put them on a team. They had to do that because nobody knew who the Avengers were. Right. Because they were the third most popular team in Marvel Comics behind the X-Men and the Fantastic Four. They're like, well, the Avengers is like the third most popular team. We have to tell the the audience who these characters are. And we got really lucky in the actors that we cast in these roles, right? And they had to do that. They don't have to do that anymore. Have a core of characters that we know and love and sprinkle in one or two new ones. every. Here's a great, another great example. Remember the Black Adam movie? They had Adam Smasher and um, Cyclone in that movie. Yeah. They were great supporting yeah. characters in uh-huh. that movie. Great. Great right? chemistry. Yeah. Right. But you didn't have to have their own solo movie. Hawkman. Mm-hmm. Right. You didn't have to give them their own solo movie to get them in that movie. Introduce them in the movie, and then we as an audience can tell you whether or not we like them. And then you decide if you want to use them going forward. And I think that these teams, like the Avengers, should be a core of three or four people. And then you sprinkle in two or three other people in the movie, in the big movie, and introduce us to them. Same thing with the X-Men. The X-Men can be Cyclops, Wolverine, Jean Grey, you know, and then it's and Beast. And say that's the core four. And then we're going to sprinkle in a little bit of Gambit and a little bit of Rogue. And we're going to sprinkle in a little bit of Iceman. We're going to sprinkle a little bit of Angel. Bring Sprinkle them in. Fantastic. But you've got the core with big time actors going to yeah. play that core. And then you sprinkle in these supporting characters in their movies. And then each movie, maybe a different different group that's you know hey we've got a new mission and we're going to take these six people this time yeah. oh well fantastic you know they, that's the outline that they did the very beginning that's the way the comics worked that's the way the comics worked right that's the outline they did when the beginning of the mcu right and it was successful right and they've gotten away from that right right exactly i mean you just you just bring introduce these i mean think about the way they introduced us to scarlet witch and quicksilver that was in Age of Ultron, and they were villains at the beginning, and then they ended up becoming part of the team, and Quicksilver ended up dying, obviously. But Scarlet Witch then became a core member of the Avengers for movies to come. Yeah, They didn't say, let's give Scarlet Witch her own movie and introduce you to her as a character with her brother, and then, then we're going to introduce her to you in a movie later. No, they didn't do that. They did yeah. it in a big movie and let us learn about the character in the movie, and then we got to know her along the way. That's the way they need to do it, right? right? The, the exception to this, obviously, is the Fantastic Four. The Fantastic Four needs to be the core four. There's been very minor exceptions in the history of the comics where it's not been Mr. Fantastic, Invisible Woman, Human Torch, and the thing. I mean, She-Hulk was did, did replace the thing for a period of time in, in the Fantastic Four. So I'm not saying it never happened, but we know there's a core four in the Fantastic Four. Correct. And that core four should not be screwed with. It's proven it has a track record in the comic books to be very popular. And the chemistry just works. Right. And those four characters are also, by the way, very popular with the novice fan. And and the the fan that's on the outside fringe of the comic book nerdery, you know? But that's the the thing. Would you ever consider giving the Human Torch his own movie? No. 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 Why? 
Why? Why? No. You know, he he's better with his cast of supporting characters. Yeah. And the fan being part of the Fantastic Four is what makes him popular. Johnny Storm and the Human Torch popular. And their the chemistry dynamics the four of them. between yeah. the the other mm-hmm. three. I mean, his sister and you know his his his, his brother in law and 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 the thing. I mean, that, it's just great. Yeah. So why screw with it? Okay. So that that's you know you got to focus on these teams and do the teams right and. Sprinkle these other characters you want to introduce in the team-based movies. Let us decide as an audience whether we like them or not. Right. Right? Let's do that. I think solo characters, if you want to introduce us to a character who is a solo character, not part of a team, or somebody you want us to learn more about, do it in special presentations. Yeah. Or limited three or four episode series on Disney+. Plus. What a great way to introduce us to Moon Knight. Disney+. Plus. Fantastic. You want to introduce us to Nova? Do a special presentation on Disney Plus, and then and then when Nova shows up in the next Guardians movie, oh, we know who Nova was. He right. was he was on the special presentation on Disney Plus. Yeah, you don't need to give him his own solo film and have it bomb in the box office and wonder why it didn't succeed. Right, just do a special presentation, introduce us to the actor playing the character and the story behind the character, give us enough to get interested, and then don't wait five years and put him in a movie. Do it like a year or two later. You right. know, all of a sudden he shows up in the next Guardians movie. It's like, and he shows up to save the day. You're like, oh, that's awesome. Nova's here. That's what we want. Yeah. But use Disney Plus as that vehicle. Introduce us to characters that you want us to know about, you want us to get to know or know more about, or potentially villains that that person is fighting against. Do it in those special presentations and those. And I don't want a 12 episode series on Disney Plus. I don't need an eight episode or six episode. Just give me three episodes or a special presentation. Give me yeah. a, you know, hour and a half long special presentation. That's all you need. Yeah. And don't, and don't put so much emphasis on these C list characters. I mean, at least make them relevant characters. Don't go out and, and take a look at the catalog and pick some obscure character, you know, uh, that, that really, um, the wrecking crew, you, you know, I mean, you totally wasted in the she Hulk, but why introduce them that way when they're not that popular to begin with? I mean, they, although, I, they, I just, although they were in the original secret wars. So, I mean, there's some, but again, they, they wasted it. They wasted them. Now what they're doing with the serpent society and captain America four, I hope is done well, because I think that's one of the other things that I think we have on my list here is you need to create Teams of villains and individual villains that are compelling. Compelling. Look, the concept of Secret Wars, which we know they're marching towards, which you know they're doing, and it may be five years from now now at this point in time, they're marching towards this concept of Secret Wars. And in both iterations of Secret Wars, the one in the 80s and the one in the 2000s, here's what happened. Groups of heroes were pitted against groups of villains on this battle world or alternate, you know, version version of Earth or whatever, and were were made to fight against each other, and the winners were going to get something. They were going to be able to choose their destiny, or their dreams would become reality, and all this other whatever it is. But if you don't have a group of villains to fight against the group of heroes, that idea falls flat. Yeah. It, it falls short. Yeah. And you don't. We don't have enough villains out there right now, or teams of villains. I mean. There are so many of them. The Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, the you know the 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 um, the, the, the Serpent Society is a, a great example of you know groups of villains that you can get the Wrecking Crew and there's so many of them that you can pull together that fought against these 
teams in the past, bring them together. Yeah. You know, and again, I think you could have a special presentation or a limited series on Disney Plus that's a villain based thing. Show these villains their powers, them doing bad stuff, and make us hate them. And then when they show up in the next movie, we know who they are. Yeah. And don't make us like them. <laughs> right. I mean, that was my Don't humanize biggest, them. Yeah, don't don't force us to think that he's an anti-hero like the my biggest pet peeve about uh, Black Adam was the rock has to be loved. And and that movie had to turn him around. If they had stuck with him, that first 40 minutes of that movie, that brutal, harsh, evil, kind of powerful presence if they had kept that throughout that movie and not softened him up a little bit i think that movie would have been brilliant and absolutely we're brilliant. It too much we're seeing we're, we think craven's going to be the same way we're I, just I, we're just i'm sorry we what they did with morbius i mean it's, it's here's just, the only way i would i would be backing craven if they started him out as what i think he's going to be this animal uh protector and he has this special serum blood from a lion in him and he has these powers and he he tries to go after the the people that are doing wrong and blah, blah, blah. And then something drastically happens to him. Something that changes his psyche, like loses all hope for humanity and everything and then turns evil. And by the end of the movie, he's completely evil and a like a bad villain. I'm okay with it. And I hope they do that. I hope they don't end that movie with him as an anti-hero or some likable character. I mean, look at Shazam 2. I mean... Those, first of all, the villains weren't compelling. They they had no backstory. We had no idea. The sisters of Atlas, who the fuck are they? And and great actresses, Helen Miriam and Lucy Liu, great actresses, but not evil, not daunting, not menacing, not terrifying. You know, those, those aren't the... Thanos, Josh Brolin, great voice, d- unbelievable voice, a dominant figure very and it doesn't have to be a male dominant thing because helena in in thor ragnarok great villain hella uh, hella yeah. yeah great villain and i just i think they're really missing the point on these villains i really do they're, they're missing it and, I, and I, I do think there's an opportunity for them to make us dislike and i think that that's what they're so afraid of why would i build a series on disney plus or, or let's say a special presentation, hour and a half special presentation, focusing on the masters of evil. And I'm going to take Baron Zemo, and he's going to grab a few um, questionable uh, people of questionable morals, and he's going to go steal something, or he's going to go unleash, you know, some hell on some world, or he's going to go, you know, steal billions of dollars, or he's going to, you know, kill, you know, a bunch of people. And they're afraid that, well, if I do that, well, who's going to watch that? I would. Yeah. Because you're now building a reason for us to not like somebody and want to have these our hero teams fight against them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And they, they just missed the boat on all of that. And they didn't learn anything from Loki. I mean, that's what they did with Loki. He was kind of a, you know, back and forth. He was Thor's brother, and you, and you liked him, but you... You hated that you liked him. But you him. knew he wouldn't hesitate to stab him in the back. Of course not. Of course not. And he, every time, every time he disappointed Thor and he would do something evil. And yes, he had a bit of good in him, but he was evil. He's a bad guy. And they created that great character. Um, and I hope that they don't turn him into some kind of anti-hero. Well, they already have. Uh, well, I hope they don't turn him into like... 
something that we just don't despise him anymore. I hope they keep that edge to him. I don't know. They 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 almost already have with the Loki series. I mean, I mean we'll, we'll see what's going on with the next season. But I mean, they've already turned him into an antihero to some extent, you know, and and made him question his lifestyle and you know and 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 his history and all this other stuff. I. You know, I think I think his, but that was a character arc that they built. He was so bad, yeah, and such a badass for for so long and so evil. I mean, he destroyed half of New York. You know, he was so evil, and then his character arc switch. They're not doing that anymore. They're building it from the beginning, like he's supposed to be a bad guy. But that character arc switches so quickly. But to, but why not do like a Disney Plus special I agree presentation with, with Masters of Evil? Have Baron Zemo break out of the raft, right, and have him recruit a team of, of villains and have them, you know, go on one of these, you know, fast and the furious type heists using their superpowers and have them steal billions of dollars from some struggling country and set up shop somewhere and say, all right, we're in business boys, you yeah. know? And it's like, why not do that? And then, you know, that's leave it at that. You know, sometimes the bad guy needs to win. Exactly. I mean, look, Empire Strikes Back. What was so popular about that? Right. Is that the struggle with who good didn't and evil. hate Darth Vader? Thank you. Thank you. Right. Yeah. We I mean, need another Darth Vader. Now you end up humanizing me in the last movie at the last second. But, you know, it Character was his arc, journey. That's fine. It's it a the, journey. Exactly. Right. And again, I think they could do they should and could do that with Dr. Doom. They should have a limited series on Disney Plus introducing him as a character, you know, and once you've cast Reed Richards, show them back together in college and how they had a relationship with that, and then show him as, you know, the king of Latveria and how he gets his powers and how he, you know, uses those powers and learns magic and, you know, how he, you know, just do all of that. Just build this big bad character. And so when we see him again, we're not, we're not, it's no strange, you know, thing to us. So one of the greatest villains of all times, in my opinion, Dr. Doom. Oh yeah. He, and he, I, I, it's it's one of the very few villains that the MCU hasn't leveraged yet, and they need to. They need to the bank on him. As well, a, the first Fantastic Four movies, they they kind of leveraged yeah. him. Yeah, no, well, MCU has not used him. Yeah. Fox Fox used him, yeah. but but Marvel has not used him. But um, and I I do think you can have these crossover events and crossover movies. Secret Wars being one of them, where you bring these teams together or find reasons why they need to join forces and fight against something. I mean. Infinity War and Endgame was probably one of the best examples of this. You brought the Avengers, Black Panther, the Guardians of the Galaxy, Spider-Man. You brought them all together to fight a common foe. And you might have to do that at some point in time. Yeah. And, and there was reasons for that. Right. And there are these crossover events. There have been crossover events in the history of comic books where these teams had to join together to fight against something that was such a big threat to the planet. Right. And you got to do that. Yeah. Right. And so... There's so much opportunity for it. It's like, I think Marvel's just lost their way. And again, I so many of these little movies are doing, I don't know if it's because of the contracts they have with the actors or it's because they feel like they they need to give these actors their own solo movies so they can make some money or whatever. You've lost your way, Marvel. You just have. I mean, you, you've got a blueprint for how this works. And I'm going to tell you what that blueprint is. It's called something called the comic books. It's what you are based on. Thank you. Go back, read the stories. Find out why these villains are compelling. Find out why the stories that these writers wrote were compelling and why we bought these comics for years. And you can draw upon them to build the stories that you base these movies and television shows on. You don't need us to figure it out for you. You've got the recipe. Just follow the recipe. That's all I ask.
So the professor has spoken. What a great teaching moment, professor. The bell is wrong. School is over. Great show. All right. Well, that's it for us this week. We'll be back next week for more Super Talk. To get in touch with us on social media, hit us up via email, supertalkpodcast at outlook.com or at supertalkpod on Twitter. Until then, stay super, everyone. 